Hello, and welcome to the Magic in the Attic podcast. My name is Piano Man, and in this episode, we are two days removed from the 2020 election and still don't know who our president is. So obviously, this episode gets into a lot of political themes. So if that interests you, please stay tuned. But if those don't interest you, we also get into our discussion of the top five most rewatchable movies. I think it's a great discussion, and I hope you join us on the Magic in the Attic podcast. Listen up. The magic in the attic is back at it again. You just chill into the rhythm, and then the comes in. I appreciate your soup. Oh, I was gonna say, if you're on Skype, you know I'm ready to podcast tonight. We're going down tonight, dude. I, think I, need, to put a, I need to put a tie on. What's going on? I had it. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say Walker is very well dressed for the podcast. What an um, interview? An interview doing what? Uh, consulting, probably nothing. Like a business mm. consultant? Yeah. Bro, have you ever watched House of Lies? No. Dude, tell me. Just House watch of it. Lies, they're bi- they're they're business consultants. It's a, it's a comedy on uh, Showtime. It's with like yeah. Don Cheadle and uh, Kirsten or what's her name, Kristen, uh, the girl that looks like Liz. What's her name, Kristen Bell? Yeah. It's a good sh- it's funny, but it's a better business consultants and they're like crazy. I you would like it. Are they just All like right. super smart crazy people? Yeah. Yeah, and they're super rich and it sounds tight. like me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, preacher All Paul, right. take it away. All right, this is the Magic in the Attic podcast. I am Preacher Paul. And uh, this is our first time we've uh, spoken post-election. We did an election night live stream that I think proved to be very boring for all of us and for all of our viewers. Post-election? What do you mean? Well, post-election day. Uh, So we were kind of talking before we started recording about, about the election. I think maybe the best place to start, because we have lots of topics for conversation tonight... But the one that's most directly related to the election has to do with um, what? Okay, right now things don't look good for Trump. Granted, he still has a uh, a path to the presidency with the Electoral College, but it doesn't look great. Odds are not in his favor. So assuming that everything holds, well, first, what do you guys think is going to happen? And then secondly, if he does... Uh, actually lose what's going to be the next uh what's going to be the next thing for trump i'll start with piano man i want to hear his take so the first question is will he actually lose and then what's the next yeah what do you think is going to happen generally yeah yeah i think he will lose the election and then the next step will be a bunch of fraud investigations um i don't know if you want me to go farther than that (laughs) I mean, um, well, I'm just asking what you think. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll lose the fraud investigations, and I think that yeah. Joe Biden will be the next president, and then life will resume as normal. Yeah. Okay. What about uh, what about JBM? What do you think? Wait, define as normal, as far I mean, as politics well, is concerned. I guess we're gonna stop building the border wall between Mexico and the U.S., and that's a bit all that's gonna change. <laughs> All right. Here's what I think is going to happen. 
I think that if Trump is gone and he's out of the White House, he is going to burn the Republican Party to the ground. I think he is going to find he's going to found his own political party and starting in 2022 it will like dismantle the Republican Party. Which I don't know, maybe not. I just feel like that is a very plausible thing that Trump would totally do completely out of spite. He, he could totally do that. All right, Midnight Mark, what do you think? I mean I don't think anything is going back to normal ever. Right. Because like I, I was listening to uh, I, people have been sharing like the John McCain concession speech or whatever um, about how like the Republican Party used to be like more peaceful and calm or whatever. But I think the reason why people like John McCain and Mitt Romney lost are because they weren't Trump. Like Trump has gone all in on the Democrats are super united. Like the reason why Democrats win the popular vote is Democrats don't vote for libertarian candidates. They vote for Democrats. There are Republicans who will vote straight ticket Republican except for the presidency at times because conservatives have more moral values and like they don't care to call out, you know, their leaders and their crap a lot of times, you know, like, like I did. I mean, I did not vote for Mitch McConnell because I don't like him. I don't think he's a good politician and I could care less about party there. But, you know, there is there is no other party for, for Democrat voters to vote. So Trump got the base of the GOP to vote together. Like, no, don't vote for the nice guy, Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio. They're the reason we lose. You know what I mean? And I think that the Trump Republican and the standard Republican are two completely different things. And I think once he's gone, uh, those they'll split. It'll split. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think that this this is the last time it'll be like 50-50. Something crazy is going to happen. I mean, if he ends up winning, I can see the the Democratic Party dismantling. If he loses, I see the Republican Party dismantling. That's just how it seems. I've got to say, I you're... think they. Oh, well, I was going to say, I think they both more than likely, or maybe not more than likely. I think if one of them splits, they both will. Maybe not at the same time. It might be a few years apart. Um, but I think if one of them splits, they probably both will. Because I think if the, I think if the Republicans split then the socialist wing of like the democratic party like realizes they have a window now where they can actually like be a party and do what they're wanting to do um because they won't have to get 50 percent; they can settle for getting a portion and then i also think the democrats would would do something similar or excuse me the republicans would would do something similar because i think there is still a part of the republican party that wants to you know, just pretend everything is like 1995 or something. Right. And I think there's a part that is certainly becoming more aggressive the way that Trump is. And I don't know yeah. which one of those parties is good, but I don't know. Well, what I've said is that um, uh, if Trump would, if Trump would found the, if he would just call it the America first party and just let in all the weirdos from the right, 
uh, that he would ha- and like, and of course, bring over all of his MAGA crowd. I mean, that he would uh, command one of the biggest uh, political um, voting blocks in in the nation. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, I, I think that he could absolutely do that. I think that he will intertwine that with a media empire and with um, multimedia stuff. I don't know. I mean. I don't think, uh, I mean, I think his ego might be a little bit bruised right now, but I, Trump's going to be all right. That's what I say. Yeah. I mean, I've I talked to Preacher Paul about this too. Sorry, I don't mean to hog the mic, but I could also very easily see Trump like founding his own media company and just Trump getting on wasn't every th- single <clears throat> night for like an hour, just, just stand up comic style. Wasn't that what uh, people predicted he was going to do in 2016? That, like, his base thought that he was going to lose the presidency, so he kept doing all that stuff, so he could launch, like, another business? Wasn't that, like, a thing? Yeah, it was definitely a thing. Yeah. So I can... This base can right t- here never thought he was going to lose. Yeah, you, did well, not, I mean, you also don't think he's still going to lose, but... Yeah, I mean, I think are you, how are you feeling? You think he's going to lose? They ain't going to let him win. Hey, he win. just said he's going to split. They ain't going to let him He's still got a win. path. He could totally he's win. He's got a path. He's got a yeah. path. But it's going to rely on the courts actually investigating fraud, like, legitimately. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I well, mean, not that's, even that's investigating so. because. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it's not even just investigating. Because like, like, they can investigate it and determine that like, there was definitely fraud. But then, like, how the heck are they going to determine which votes were fraud? Like, besi- outside of the obvious ones, like if someone you know is dead or someone voted twice, like they're not going to be able to determine which of the other ones were fraud. Which also, by the way, if someone voted twice, how do they determine which one is a real vote? That's fair. Is is there any way that <clears throat> there would be like I don't know some some way where the courts would say something like you know let's do a a revote all like in January or something? <laughs> nope. No. Zero. I'm just wondering. Zero. Can you imagine if that happened? Did I? <laughs> Did I tell you guys that my dad actually, yeah. when he went to vote, they said, "Oh, someone's already voted for you. You have to sign, saying that what? Uh, this is the real ballot." Wait, do <laughs> you do you have voter ID in Georgia? Yeah. Huh? Wait. Really? Yeah. So how? Walker's been such a oh excuse me, Piano Man's been such a proponent of like you have to prove fraud, and we <laughs> what the but, heck? Like, my my thing is though the uncomfortable truth is there's some amount of fraud baked into every election, right? Like yeah, there is some. Yes. My yeah, question is like, like, does that fraud always benefit one side? Which overwhelmingly, no, clearly not. Overwhelmingly, when I ask people that question, they always say that it benefits Democrats, even if they're a Democrat, which I think is funny. Right? Yeah. I mean, currently, it certainly benefits Democrats That's because people best. aren't but, stupid. Right. It does. I'm not this saying Republicans democracy. don't cheat. This is democracy. This is democracy. Yeah. I, I'm not well, saying Republicans 
don't cheat because I'm sure they do. I just don't think they're very good at it. Like clearly, here not, you have yeah. like like if they were gonna cheat, why why not hold up votes in places that like you can actually justify? Like yeah, we we just swamp this like super rural parts of the country. Well, that I don't know. And Democrats have all also figured out like the easiest way to cheat is to just have their governors and stuff make sure that their states are non-ID states where you can literally just walk in and say, hi, I'm John Smith. I live at 111 Apple Tree Lane. Oh, okay. And you go and vote. Like, I mean, it literally, <clears throat> I was listening to, I think it was Dave Rubin, and he said that like when he went to go vote in California, um, he was like, that's literally all I had to do was walk in, give my, my first and last name and my, and my address, and they said, go here and vote. And he was like, if you have a relative that's disabled or you know, if your dead relative is still on the piece of paper, you could just walk to the next precinct, say you're them, and vote for them. Like it's Because there's no ID, it's, it's that easy to cheat in voting in California <laughs> with, with no ID. So first of all, Please don't listen to Dave Rubin anymore. But second, you gotta listen just, to, to Rachel Maddow. She knows Dave, what's up. Yeah. Uh, no. Just wait, wait. What? But but wait, yeah, What's wrong? I, what's wrong with Dave Rubin? He's on the yeah. Blaze now. Yeah, he's the worst. Yeah, that the doesn't blaze. mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That the doesn't blaze. necessarily mean anything. But anyway, I'm just making fun. Uh, but I think that it is. Or let me ask you guys this. Is it not like super racist that Democrats are basically just like black people don't have driver's license. They never carry ID. Why would you ask them to show this? Like, I don't even understand the logic behind it. It's yeah. saying that if you're poor, you don't have a car, so you don't have a need to get a driver's license. But they're saying that all poor people are black. Right, but like... You don't have to, like, you can get an identification that yeah. is not a driver's license. Also, and, an I, argument. and I would assume that those people all have that because. Yeah, also, many poor people have cars. Like, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Either. But, like, but it doesn't make sense. Like, okay, so these people don't have any form of identification, like, but they go buy alcohol and stuff like that. Like, you have to have an ID to function. So you're saying black people just buy alcohol? No, I'm saying people, <laughs> I mean, poor people, poor people overwhelmingly, like, do buy alcohol, right? True. Like, so whether they're black, white, brown, yellow, whatever, but, like, you ha you have to have an ID to function whether you're driving your car or not. But it's also true that the more poor you are, the less like the less likely you are to have an ID. Yeah. That's the argument. That's the only argument. It's not a good argument. Yeah. I'm saying that's the argument. I mean, it well, is true. Um, yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, maybe I this is a good way. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think the conservatives are like reaping what they've sown. They, they just bent over and said, yeah, voter ID laws are dumb. Like they just, they let all this happen. And it's just kind of come to a head now. And it's like, this is, I don't know. I feel like you deserve this. I don't know. This is probably a good way to segue into 
um, something that uh, Piano Man has been talking to me a, a little bit about, which is blockchain voting. This is not so much a question, oh, but I just kind of want I just kind of want Piano Man to explain this concept to me a little bit and talk about uh, what it could mean for the future. Go ahead. Well, I, I guess this is a one man segment here. But hopefully you guys have no, no, no. Well, because we'll all, we'll all respond to talk about what you're saying, but we won't. Well, I mean, I, I want to. Yeah, I did say earlier that you know we're in the year 2020. We have the internet. We have all this technology. We're two days after the election's over. Random right. votes are showing up. I'm not sure whether they're legitimate or not. They probably are, but I don't know. And, and they're being counted, and we don't know what the count is. And to me, that's absolutely ridiculous. And there's one way that you solve that problem, and it's blockchain voting. And what is blockchain voting? To me, <clears throat> I mean, there are different ways that it could be implemented, but it's allowing for a public ledger of every vote to be seen by anybody. So you could click and say, here's a ballot. Here's what it says. I don't know who this ballot belongs to, but I can see every single ballot in this state and what it says, and it's released instantaneously whenever the state decides, right? Now, if you're the voter, you receive a, a private key in my system by, by going and showing your, your ID, getting a private key um, that allows you to vote. You can then identify on this public record, this, this vote right here is definitely my vote. Um, I can verify it with my public or my private key, matching it with the public key, saying here is my vote. Um, this system of record is kept by, um, in my system, like the public uh, blockchain uh, through Bitcoin. Um, it's got the biggest hash rate of any type of blockchain out there. It's the safest blockchain of any any uh, blockchain out there. So. Um, that's kind of my system. I know uh, there might be questions. I don't know, but mm. so um, I don't even know if I explained it well. But well, I have a question. No, like you did. I, I have a question or two, but maybe maybe we should let other people go first. What about Midnight Mark? What do you think? Um. Yeah, I uh, I, I I like the idea. Um, the only thing about it, though, is that I mean. The point of voting is that it is anonymous and you know you go vote you fill out your paper you put it in the scanner thing and then you never see it again and you don't have it um now on one hand uh that can be bad because it gets lost or however it is but on the other hand like that's kind of the point that you know no one knows right and i feel like with blockchain with you having the key and stuff like i don't know it's basically like if you're a registered this or registered that, like you'd have to prove that you voted. Like, so you vote and then you have to prove you voted. It's, I don't know. That's just kind of, maybe I'm not understanding it. Yeah. That you wouldn't have a, to prove you voted, but you could. Yeah. So that might be a misunderstanding from what I said. Um, you would never have to prove you voted your, your record that you voted is there in the public. Anyone could see it. You don't have to prove it. 
Now, people, even in today's system, will take a picture of their ballot and say, here's what I voted for. And people can be like, oh, look, this person voted for this. But there's no way to even know if that vote ever got counted. In my system, if you were like, oh, look, here's what I voted for, you could share your private key and be like, look, I mean, this is verifiable. My vote was counted. It's here on the public system. And you could see it, but you don't ever have to give your identification or but can't, ever can the Can the blockchain be manipulated? No. Uh, no. It cannot. That's the if, thing about the blockchain. Right. Well, that's why it's the blockchain. Well, because okay. the, the only way you could do that, I think, is if you, if you like, controlled more than a majority of, like, the, the compute, computer mind organizes it. Yeah. Yep, that's correct. Okay. But, so, okay, so, but where, where would you, where would you vote? Where I, that is something to discuss, but I think it could either be done at this. So, so or you could theoretically me, do it in your home, but yeah. you could do it. Well, but home. that's you my problem is that like, imagine if you had a thing like, uh, uh, you know, like Coinbase or whatever, like if you set up an app, blockchain, what if someone's like screwing with the app and not necessarily the blockchain, but like, you know what I mean? If someone like, hacked the app, if someone hacked the app, then it goes into the blockchain. Now it's stuck in the blockchain. Now your blockchain is corrupt, basically. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like and doing it on your phone or on your computer through an app or something would not be the correct way to do it. I totally agree with that. That is what I would say would be the biggest um, possibility for fraud. Um, right. I'm not sure so how to 100% eliminate it, but I do think that the quicker you get it onto the blockchain, the less chance there is for that type of fraud to exist. Yeah, Piano Man, do thing, you... Go ahead. I was going to say, the thing I like about it is, I, I mean, no matter how you vote, you literally can't eliminate fraud, but you can eliminate large-scale fraud. And I think that's important. Now, my question would be... So obviously you said you have to show your ID to get your code. And that's just so what my is system, that actually, by the way. That's not necessarily right. how it would be implemented. So Right. Well, okay. Well, true. I guess my I guess my question would be how are the the codes stored? Like you have to scan the back of your ID and like only one time will this code ever come out or something? Yeah, so um I think, I, I, obviously, I, I haven't gotten enough information, but I think every ID has some type of code that identifies you. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, there's like a thing you can scan on the back, I like think. Not, not just driver's license is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think so. I think everything has. I mean, I don't think your social security card has like a thing you can scan, but. Right. No, no. They but probably have some type of number, number. right? <laughs> Yeah, there's right. at least some type of number on every ID that identifies you, and that could be used to input into the system to give you your private key. And I see this is where Zach's saying um, there could be potential fraud because if someone hacked into whatever system's keeping track of that, uh, there are definitely issues. But then again, like that's what's happening in today's uh, voting base. I mean, everything's going into a computer. You're going to run into the same exact type of potential fraud. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I just, I, yeah, I just wonder if there's like a, <clears throat> if there's like a way to where it's not through like an app. It's like you actually get on like, um, well, the, I don't know, uh, Kentucky.gov, right? And it's like the, and it's like the government website, right? And well, you like, have to, you have to like two-factor your vote onto the actual government website, 
rather than um like rather than like oh here's an app like that holds our blockchain voting the problem with that you is the government mean? website can also be hacked so you're running right. the same exact issue right i feel like the government but, should be less involved yeah but <laughs> okay okay but i know i actually am going to disagree with that here because listen you like we all agree not entirely straight straight line on this but like we all we all agree on less lesser federal government but i i think when you're voting for federal positions oh you're not like, on skype i was kidding oh okay sorry yeah, yeah. all right retract retract <laughs> i guess our viewers aren't on skype either or our listeners that's true sorry guys what? What are you guys talking either, about? Either way, blockchain voting is... Paul, keep it moving, bro. Uh, either way, blockchain voting is Zach instantaneous. Was in the of a point. But it is instantaneous, and it's way more foolproof. Like, you get way more exact votes, way more accurate than what you have today. Because every like, person okay. can identify it. Their votes counted, you know? Right. So, so I might mix this in... Sorry, go ahead, preacher. No, I was I was just gonna ask, like Walker. So, in your system, would would the government control the apparatus through which the blockchain voting is done? So, like, would it would it be a situation where you go to physical locations and and put in your vote on a device that the government has set aside for that purpose, or what? I mean, yes, how would you do it if you weren't gonna do it through private apps and devices? Right. So if it's on the public, so so here's where I run into two different um, issues. Either you could do it yourself, but those results are actually instantaneous. So say you voted two months before the election, that uh, vote would show up instantaneously, and there's no like actual release date for it, or there has to be some other entity that kind of controls. Um, which votes um, are going to be released at a certain time? Because that would have to be a side chain. I know that's getting a little complicated. But um, that's the only two different ways you could do it. So either you always know every vote at every hour, or you have a different pool controlled by some, I guess, government entity or app uh, that allows um, things to be released on the exact time that the polls mm. close. You see what I'm saying? But see, that kind of still... That doesn't problem people trusting. I don't. The I don't think that blo- it I changes. I don't think that. Yeah. I don't think blockchain like completely makes it to where there's absolutely no way to cheat. But here's the thing I like about it, because I feel like if if you're cheating on blockchain, you know. Because think about this: it's like a bunch. So there's this whole thing right now with the mail-in ballots, where it's like, oh, you know, did Joe Biden really get 138,000 votes and Trump got none? And then there's another thing, you know, then they were like, maybe that didn't happen. And then there was another thing where I don't know what state it was, but like Biden had 23,000 write-in votes and like Trump had absolutely zero. And they like, I think they did count those, I guess. And um, I think if something like that happened on the blockchain, you'd be able to look at it and go, okay, something's not right here. And like actually look into it. Um, and uh, piano, that's where I think it's good because if you had your timestamp or, or whatever you're calling it um that shows so let's say like you vote and you get um confirmation like you know piano man 
votes Joe Jorgensen, right? And then if, like, there was a way to say, oh, wow, there's this weird thing where there's a ton of Joe Jorgensen votes. Is this for real? There, there would be a way to, like, look back at back through your blockchain or whatever. So I don't think it gets completely away from fraud, but I think it would almost be, like, if there was fraud, you'd almost be able to say, oh, yeah, this is the point in which it happened or where it happened because there would be an influx of votes that don't make sense, maybe. I don't know. At the very least, you would never be in the situation you were in today. You would, at, at the yes. very <laughs> least, <laughs> Know the count yeah. when the polls close. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. sitting here and talking yeah. about how, oh, why did they stop counting and why are they counting again? What's going on? It would be done. There'd be so no it would eliminate the, at all. It yeah. would, at the very least, it would eliminate back end fraud. It and would all have lot, to happen up front. It would also eliminate There's, a ton of cost um, from yeah. hiring all these election also, workers. You don't need all that. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how like part of the reason why this is happening is these states like don't count their mail-in ballots until the day of when like all the other states like start counting when they come in <laughs> like i don't understand well, that well one i can't remember if it was michigan or pennsylvania one of them is republican led as far as the state uh legislature and one of them is democratic led and they both made those decisions which is really weird also uh breaking news trump is only down by forty-six thousand votes in arizona Ten percent left. How many is he down in in Pennsylvania and Georgia? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to change the topic. I just saw it. Nah. Well, I was gonna I was gonna hit a couple of other like uh, election related things. Um, so one of them was well, no, 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 no. they're not a, they're, they're not about uh, Trump, but they are about stuff that happened in the election. So um, one of them was. Um, so, well, Midnight Mark was telling me something about uh, um, Colorado trying to um, change the law so that their electoral college votes always have to go to the national um, popular vote winner. Uh, and so, I mean, it just raises the question of, is that a good idea? Is more democratic representation always good? Is the electoral college a hill we need to die on? I don't. Oh, so we're actually getting into the to the meat of the questions. <laughs> I mean, that, these are just things that come to my mind, but what do you, I know piano man has strong opinions on everything. Well, so, so, so since this was my question, I guess in our format, I'll go first. Um, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you're correct, correct. Midnight Mark. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> okay, the fact so, that piano man's in a suit. Uh, that's why I want to call on him. I know. So I'm official. sure he looks great. Although I cannot see him. Um, yeah. yeah so like, the, I guess the reason why, uh, I asked this question, I was thinking about it a little bit today. Like, okay. So, um, there are some States, I guess that have electoral college like voting for their for their state governments but most you know when you vote for your your mayor or you vote for your governor or whatever it's normally like the popular vote of the state votes for your state election and that's the argument of the straight popular vote you know democrat people who are like it should be a popular vote because when you vote for your governor it's a popular vote for your state if you vote for your president it should be a popular vote for your president um and, and I was thinking about that as well. Like I like the electoral college, but I kind of understand that um, 
I do understand that point of view. Um, and I was just thinking like, is that going to become the norm? And is that how we end up becoming like, I guess, a straight line democracy if all the states are just like, well, we'll just give our electoral college to whoever has the popular vote. Um, and do you guys think that that's something that, I don't know, if, if states want to do it, should they do it? That doesn't sound like a democracy at all to me. Well, but. no, no, no. I, I would say I would say yes, that is technically more democratic, but this is also an example of how democracy can be tyranny, right? Like like that it is more democratic and it also takes away uh, people's um, self-determination or at least diminishes it because um, obviously as in the electoral college system, a state, even if the vast majority, even if you know ninety percent of the country votes for somebody, if if the majority of a state vote for a different candidate, they can protest essentially and say we voted for this other guy. It doesn't mean they're like leaving the country, but like it's we it's a federal system. I don't know. Go ahead, whoever wants to go. Well, first of all, I'm a little bit offended that that when I've been shirtless on this podcast, you don't call on me, but when I wear a suit. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, what can I say? I feel like you, you you're dressing more for the, the occasion tonight. All right. Well, I guess that means my opinion matters more tonight. So uh, I will yeah, say you look like an analyst. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will say that I think that's a really stupid rule, especially if 50 percent of the vote doesn't vote for the president. Who in the world is Colorado going to vote for? Because I really disagree with if if 50 percent of the vote does not vote for one person. None of the votes should go to that person um, if you're going to do it that way. Um, because that means a majority of the people did not, like, you know, vote for that person. All right. So, and then also, you're supposed to, it's supposed to be an electoral decision based on the population of your state. And if your state is voting for a certain candidate, um, the majority of your state is voting for a certain candidate. They sh- the votes for that state should go to that person. So, I, I think with that, that argument, you could almost say it's unconstitutional to do that. With that very argument, right? Unconstitutional to do what? To basically say like it doesn't matter what Colorado does, we're giving our electoral college based on the entire based on the popular vote of the country. I mean, based if, on if, based on the point that that piano man just made. But the only caveat to that would be if the people of Colorado vote representatively to make that their state policy, their law. Then I mean, technically, that doesn't violate yeah. federalism. And, and before Juice Boss Magoo goes here, because I know he's about to say something, it would be really weird if every state changed to this law because then you'd have a hundred percent elections. But that's all right. All right, Juice Boss Magoo, you go. <laughs> that's a valid point. Um, so I have I have an answer to that and I also have kind of a question that kind of struck me in this. Uh, um, so I guess I just have two questions. Number one, what if the electoral college just went proportionally by state in every single state? Like so, what if you're oh. if you're a state that has ten electoral votes and 
you know, your vote goes 60% Republican, six of the votes are for the Republican candidate, and four of the votes are for, you know, the Democratic candidate, or if 10% went to an independent candidate, they go, you know, one vote goes to that person. I don't know well, I mean, what your thoughts you could, on that would be. Well, you could just argue that, that that would be winning by popular vote at that point. Uh, because of. then... No, can you? Not exactly, I mean, but it would definitely make the math more complicated on election night. Cause if yeah, because like in like a small state, or or even a if you had a small turnout in a big state, still the proportion of the of the electoral college votes would go to whatever candidate, even though it might right. not affect the popular vote as much. I, well, I, we yeah, I mean, I, I just think it, so. Here's why I say this, because I feel like this happens on both sides, right? Like, uh, obviously, a lot of people say, "Oh, the popular vote," like, you know. But at the same time, so here's my thing. There's probably a lot of Republicans in, like, California that just don't go vote because they're like, what's the point, right? This would give them a reason to. But I see the other side of this argument, too. I could see the other side of this argument, too, which is probably, you know, there's probably a lot of Republicans in Kentucky that don't go vote because they're like, "Eh, I'm busy today and I know that my guy's already going to win. And I'm sure the same is true of Democrats, but... I feel like it would give every single person more of a reason to go vote because in that case yeah. it would seem like your vote actually does matter more because it's not mm-hmm. like oh my state's just going to go red because now it's not and it also seems like it very slightly ever so slightly might open the door for a third party situation <laughs> right well and i, I mean like... that would el- okay i was just going to say that that would eliminate faithless voting which is totally legal which i think is crazy to me so if you basically in doing that you basically would have to outlaw that like if you're electoral if you're part of the electoral college you absolutely 100 percent have to vote you know with the percentage of your state you can't there you can't have faith not that it happens often anyway but like it it can happen that should be a rule it's stupid that it's a rule that that if 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 you have the electoral college, they can just defect away from what their state has. Yeah, the rules set in place. It, it seems and, really stupid to me. And that is and that is part of the liberal ar- argument too. Is that you know uh, Trump or Biden could win a state ninety to ten, and one of the electoral college voters just be like, nah, and that's yeah. perfectly legal. In yeah. some states, yes. Yeah, no. So I, mean, I think that, I think yeah, JBM's sure. point is better. I actually, now that I think about it, I agree with it. I think that's what we should do. Actually, right. I like it too, honestly. So, okay. So here's my second question: um, Should the presidential election be decided by a majority within states as well? Like, if if a, a candidate did not earn fifty percent in your state, should there be a runoff in said state? All right, ask it one more time for me. Okay. Are you saying do you so, like you like the runoff? Yeah. So like, Georgia? if there's a state, if there's a state where like the the Republican gets like forty five percent and the Democrat gets forty eight percent, should they then have a runoff afterwards so someone has a majority? I mean, I think so. I like that rule. Yeah, it's I like the like runoff voting. Yeah, I like the runoff rule too, especially for senators, especially given that senators basically function as like super congress people 
because they aren't aren't appropriated proportionally. It's just you get two senators. So I feel like if you if you can't carry fifty percent of the popular vote in your state, um, you're probably not going to be a great representative in the Senate. But I don't know. I I just think there's a lot of things. Not even a lot. There's just like a couple things there that I feel like if we did, it would make votes matter more. And it would also, I feel like it also, it, it is kind of like ranked choice voting, except it's a little bit different because it, it almost kind of gives you like a feel of what is going on. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think electoral reform, is, I mean, clearly needs to happen. Well, well, we'll come back to it. I'll come to another thing that uh, Piano Man brought up or that I brought up to Piano Man and we were kind of talking about. Um, and it is that Portland decriminalized all drugs. So uh, what I was talking with Piano Man about was what do we think about decriminalization of all drugs in that, like, uh, I, I was saying um, you, you could say that decriminalization is actually – uh, too moderate a position because the state can still fine you and collect revenue on drugs in that way instead of through taxes like they would be if drugs were legalized. Uh, so the state is still sort of um, like getting money off of the drug trade by theft, even if it's decriminalized uh, from a libertarian standpoint anyway. But I was wondering what everybody else thought about this issue and about Portland doing that. I mean, Portland is crazy town, but uh, so at first I was definitely shocked by that, but then at the same time I was like, actually, I think this is good, because. But I think I have a caveat with that. So like, I think, I think that drugs, like possession, I mean, of certain amounts. Obviously, if you're just like straight up dealing heroin, you should definitely get in trouble. But like, drug possession, I think should be decriminalized. But I think in, like you, you're not going to go to jail for it. But I do think that in place of that, as much money as we spend on someone going to jail, I think we can then turn around instead of spending the money for that, we can spend far less money and send these people uh, not to rehab, but like to, to treatment centers where they can get cleaned up. Like you don't have to stay overnight, but you go get checked in. They give you the medicine you need to get off of these drugs. Um, and then you have to go check in every week and do the do the pee test and all this stuff so that you're actually like getting help and you're getting better and you go to a counseling session once or you know however much it is because then i think you're actually helping people whereas right now you throw some dude in jail because he had heroin guess what happens as soon as he leaves jail or if he can find it while he's in there he's going to do more heroin like yeah i feel like our efforts in these regards and the money we spend could very easily unless I'm missing something, which if I am, please tell me. But like, I feel like it could very easily just shift some of that money towards actually helping people and probably have right. money left over or but from, words, not left yeah. over, but back in our pocket. First but of all, from I, the establishment okay. or the government's perspective, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say, but like to get to enact that kind of change is very difficult because everybody that's in the government is saying we're bringing in revenue on drugs the way we have things now if we if we were to not jail people it would be less revenue and we would in your version of this we're throwing money into uh treatment for them that the, from the government's perspective there that's money they're never getting back right 
So, I mean, they well, might argue they get it back I mean. in productive citizens, but... I guess here's what I mean by decriminalize. It doesn't mean you just get to keep your heroin. We're taking it. We're just not going to arrest you for it. But you hmm. are getting a citation and you're getting put into a program. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. If that makes but sense. But see, that's what I'm saying kind of the problem with decriminalization is. But, yeah. And I, I, will I, I think people should be able to I have f- heroin if they want. I'll formally apologize for my uh, for my technical difficulties, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think people should be in jail for like a super long time just for like drug possession and stuff. Because I mean, it just seems. I don't know. I more and more I think like if it's if it's a crime that doesn't harm me at all, like I don't. I feel like it should just be handled differently. Like if you get hopped up on heroin and you kill somebody like in a car, you know, you're driving drunk or you're driving high. That's one thing. Cause you are harming someone. But if you're, if you've got on heroin, you are a straight up baller. I know what, Oh, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just saying, addicts do it. okay. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you arrest some kid with like a bag of weed, it's just, it's, it's so dumb. I don't know. Like, I agree. Like, I think things can be on citation or whatever, or maybe make it a little bit, make some rehab more. I just, these people who are in jail for like years and years and years for freaking possession, it just, it's dumb. Like it doesn't, I I feel like the only thing that should be criminal is like hurt, you know, hurting someone else. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right. Non aggression principle. All right, well, let's ask the doctrinaire libertarian of the group, uh, piano <laughs> man, what his stance on this. Yeah. The man in yeah. the suit. Well, I mean, he's a libertarian. He believes in all drugs. Well, first of all, is nobody a real Christian here? I mean, I thought Christians were supposed to regulate <laughs> Christianity to all peoples. Uh, just because something's wrong to do doesn't mean it should be illegal. That's that's yeah. my principle. Um you know the risks. It's your choice. Totally agree. You should do it. Now, now to Preacher Paul's original point, I'm actually totally against incentivizing the government to create revenues through um, taxing people through um, punishing them. Like, um, for example, like speeding. The, the government gets revenues from catching people speeding, so therefore the government tries to send more people out to stop people from speeding in the same way if 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 heroin were decriminalized what in the world is going on ice cream truck coming out <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, the audio of this podcast is gonna be crazy <laughs> if there's <laughs> if there's a heroin addict i don't think you should go about trying to punish him for having too much heroin um, if it's decriminalized, the government would be regulating it. Just and, punish him for having not enough. <laughs> <laughs> the government uh, should give you more heroin. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it should go to... Government would make their revenues from uh, taxing whatever is sold on the on the uh, heroin sold. And then that those taxes can go to helping people that buy it, like if, if they're addicts, right? Um but right. people should know the risks before they take it. Same way a lot of the different chemicals and, and drugs that we give to give today to people, people know the risks before they they take them. So that's my big stance is um, legalize things that don't harm other people and then you understand the risks and the risks should be 
uh, displayed to you before you do them, and and then you make the decision yourself. Right. Well, and in a decriminalization situation, there's also still a black market, so there's still drugs on the market with unreliable quality. So it's worse. You're going to have worse health outcomes for the drug users too than you even need to. Because theoretically, if everything were legalized, then if you if you were a drug addict, you could be certain you're getting a particular dosage of this particular drug instead of I'm getting my drugs on the street cut with who knows what. Right. Yeah. Wait, but why would that? Why would the quality of the drug you're buying on the street change if it was decriminalized? It's regulated. Because it's regulated. No, 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 no. I I understand if it I understand if it was legal to be yeah. sold. I'm saying if you just decriminalized it, the quality of the drug is not changing at all, right? Yeah, that, like it's that just, is yeah, what Mr. Paul said. That, that's what I'm saying. You'll still have the crappy quality drugs on the market like you did when it was illegal, right? but it, it, it'll just be that you'll just get a fine instead of going to jail now. But I'm saying wait, the fine is wait, illegitimate wait, wait, wait. too. Like, so here's, here's, here is – I understand what you guys are saying, but I guess here's my problem with that is like – a lot of people that are on drugs, especially like heroin specifically, don't want to be on heroin. Like, I mean, not actually. Like, they want to be, they don't want to keep doing that, but they keep doing it because they can't quit. So, like, yeah. I mean, I feel like you need some form of just being able to help people stop doing it. Okay. I don't know. Well, I, I do yeah. 100% agree with you. People should not do heroin. Okay. I'll make yeah. that very heroin clear. Is, heroin is <laughs> bad, not, kids. I, I, I Let's all just affirm but, that we don't yeah. think you should do heroin. But yeah. it is illegal right now, and there are people that are addicted to it to the point that you just said they d wish they weren't on it. And obviously it being illegal is not the cure for this problem. Right. Right. And so, and also theoretically, if it were legal, getting, getting uh, hassled by the cops and thrown in jail would be one less of your worries when you're trying to get clean, if you want to get clean. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I think that, like, um, I, I just but think if just we would that just little get... Push. Yeah, I mean, this well, the same way with, with anything, though. Some people need their alcohol, their yeah. cigarettes, their whatever. So, I mean, you're but addicted I, I, to it. Yeah, but I think it would happen more readily if you got the government out of it in every way you could. Right. Yeah. So drugs wouldn't be cool if they were legal. I'm actually really disappointed. They would disappointed. be way less cool if they were legal. I'm really disappointed well, and that, that nobody on this podcast is like, you know, Christians or that the law should really be what Christianity says and like, pe like all the laws should demand people be good Christians. I'm really disappointed. Nah, well, I, I don't mess with I that actually, authoritarian crap. I, I think that would likely be the position of Redbeard. Sorry, he's not here to defend himself. But um, <laughs> I, I just I don't think anything that is not harming someone else should be illegal. Non-aggression principle all the way. All right. I and I'm well, that yeah. So that's I mean I was basically going to say the same thing. And essentially just that I'm not necessarily sure God wants us to create like government structure entirely based on, you know, I, I think that that's why he gave us free will is to make those decisions is to be a good person or a bad person. I don't, I don't, I don't even think, I mean, obviously, yeah, but yeah, I don't, 
I don't necessarily know if he cares if our government structure is is completely based around the Bible. He just wants us to worship him. So okay, I know, JBM I know that wasn't preacher Paul, strong, but amen to that. Strong reaction to that from JBM. Hey, I'll uh, amen to that too. Okay, JBM. But but didn't God literally create a government that was completely based on His word? And, and then Jesus the destroyed it. And then Jesus yeah. destroyed it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he did this, for the Jews, is, and then the and then the Jews weaponized it. Yeah. So I mean, I did not expect this drug debate to went to segue into an Old Testament uh, debate. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, not, I don't want to debate that point today. That would, yeah. No. I mean, that's yeah. And I can change my I, mind but, on it or whatever, but that's sort of how I, I think, feel, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think what you're saying, I think we all agree that like your position on drugs as a Christian has nothing to do really with the government's position toward drugs. I mean, dr- I mean, drugs, I think we ascribe too much moral quality to drugs anyway. I mean, like, yeah, drugs have been used in society forever and they're good and bad and the government should get out of it and let people make their own choices. Okay, so um, the the good question that Midnight Mark had that I wanted to hit had to do actually with music. And uh, Midnight Mark was saying he's becoming a real boomer these days. <laughs> uh, Midnight Mark uh, was was talking about how uh, he's becoming a boomer because all the he, he's uh, always saying that uh, people don't know how, to, know how to make music these days. But then he was talking about how genres always innovate on themselves so they're always like ever expanding options so i'll just let midnight mark go off on that a little bit all right so so the question is so my question is like all right every generation of person right they're always like oh music was isn't as good you know as it was in my day or whatever and if you you know i'm i'm only 30 at this moment and like i listen to songs on the radio or like I, I I'd hear popular music and I'm like, man, this is trash. Like I hate it. And I find myself like literally just listening to what I, I used to. And I was just wondering why is it that every generation of person, there just comes a time in their life where they just like can't stand what's new in music. And then the other thing is, is it just like, so like classic rock, there's just no, no more there's no such thing as rock and roll anymore that's new in my in my example of this like Greta Van Fleet which is like a really 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 good band but they're literally just a Led Zeppelin knockoff so does it get to a point where genres of music or types of music like hundreds of years ago when everything was just classical and then that's now dead like is it just you have a certain genre of music and like a lot of people love it and it becomes a classic and then you move on and it's the next generation that has to pick it up. Like, why do we, why do we start like hating whatever is this generation's music? I just find that interesting. The only principled stand you can take on music is the Ben Shapiro stance that there's been no good music since 1850. (laughs) Go ahead, piano man. I knew no, you. I was just gonna it. say, why do you hate clock tower mechanics and uh, husband wife? That's all I gotta say. <laughs> okay. What about I the mean, Baron of Retrio? <laughs> I don't hate clock tower mechanics, but I think husband wife is like these kind are. Of a, I'm just kidding. <laughs> these are very inside baseball references we're making. Cool, cool. 
what about uh, JBM? What do you think about this? Do you have this thing going on where you hate the kids' music? I mean, I don't even know what the kids' music is besides Lil Pump. Lil Pump. Uh, Lil, Lil Pimp. Lil Pimp. I, I, really, I mean, I don't even know what new music is now. Like, I knew but this is kind of my point. Like, we just you just stop, right? And then if you're going to listen to music, you're going to listen to what you know, and you're not going to go out of your way to figure it figure it out you know what i mean so i will yeah, say like, I, I mean I, oh. well I, I i don't know i, mean, I kind of feel like everything in our lives is like that to a degree but things that we are like readily super involved in on like a daily basis like i don't know i feel like there comes a point for me a lot of times where like i don't really care like i just i have almost stopped watching new movies like if, if there's a really big one I'm gonna check it out, but like I prefer to just like watch a movie I already know I like, which I guess maybe means we're becoming boomers. I mean, I don't know. Mill- they keep acting this like is millennials li- are kids, man. We're in our 30s now, but um, I don't know. I I, th- I think there's I think that's just kind of human nature, and I don't know if that's like the point of your question or not, but I do feel it like is. It's just this is human nature. Yeah, so, yeah. This is li- think, this is literally where I'm going with it. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, funny yeah, that man. that you mentioned. Um, Greta Van Fleet because I was actually going to say like I'm still not sure there's a band as good as uh, Led Zeppelin even though I grew up in the 90s so it's funny you said like um, you know during your time you always think your music's the best but to me actually I still think the 60s and 70s had better music than even our time even though we had like Pearl Jam or whatever But 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 people in the 60s and 70s would sit there and say like you know old time Hank Williams senior. And like, even before that, or maybe even classical music is better than that. You know, as we discussed on the pod, Hank Williams senior is dope. (laughs) I still think a lot of people that grew up in the sixties and seventies, like the sixties and seventies music a lot. I just mean like all the music since then has been trash. Um, I think a lot of people would say that, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, But then I think it is funny. You have people like Sturgill Simpson today, who is kind of a throwback to that kind of style, but it, it is to your point that he's trying to almost copy in the same way Greta Van Fleet copies Led Zeppelin. Sturgill Simpson is kind of a copy of, of the old country, you know what I'm saying? But it's really good. Well, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny, a, he doesn't do that anymore, but he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His first two albums is just Waylon Jennings, but, but Sturgill. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. really good. You know, no, it, it's just it is a knockoff. It's really good. But that's kind of your yeah. point, isn't it? It is, yeah. And that's that's I guess more or less what I'm saying is like has music gotten to the point where there like just literally isn't anything new? So I, I mean think the problem with the new music is that it does too much electronic stuff and it to me, electronic stuff like just removes the soul out of music and I don't like right. that. But to, to I guess the new generation, they love the way that that sounds. But and that's me, more I want to hear a real instrument. Like I want to hear Yeah. Agree. And that's, that's kind of my point too, though, you know, because then, you know, 15, 20 years down the road, the people who really like the electronic stuff, there's going to be something else and be like, man, why can't, you know, things be like, yeah, you know, whatever. But I, I do love the sound of a synthesizer though. Do you not? I'm not I a do, fan, but that's me. I do genuinely like synth, but whatever. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think this is, this opinion like has kind of always been there and kind of evolved too, because like, there was a, a point in time when, like, the Chili Peppers, like, used to make fun of the Beastie Boys because they had, 
electronic music and stuff in there and then the chili peppers like started doing it like i I don't know i think it 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 just depends how you work it into your music it can't be the focus for that reason that's that's what i was trying to say about queen whenever we had that argument but i'm not going back to there Yeah, that was kind of my point we can never go back to the queen argument yeah I don't know. I mean, I, I think that like uh, the, the genres sort of break down, they deconstruct, and then people sort of swing back to like what was the good old stuff. Um, but yeah, Music's I don't know. It's just, just an interesting. Art, well, I definitely think that there's something to be said. There's definitely something to be said about what Piano just said because like if you look at it in the 60s and 70s, you know, bands were more – you know, raw instruments. Right. And then the eighties kind of brought in the synthesizers and the keyboards and all the other crap. And then the reason why nineties music, I I got good again, I think is because it went back to that, you know, with the rise of grunge, basically just being back to guitars and drums. I, I, I think there's something to be said there where like when you go through the wave of music that is purely instruments and not synth, you know, that's the better generations of music. Yeah, I mean, yes, there's definitely a, a more um, musicality and, and soul, as Piano Man said, to real instruments. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're definitely missing that. I, so does so that mean there'll Jackson, be a hip-hop revolution where hip-hop Michael gets Jackson, good again? Wait, hold on. Did Michael Jackson break the music industry? What do you mean? That's a whole different question. Queen broke the music industry. Uh, <laughs> it was Queen. It was no, Queen. No, no, I no, hope no. Redbeard listens to this. Uh, All right, so, I wish um, Redbeard was here with us. I yeah, I have one more question that I think could be like a short answer question, or we could go longer if you want, and then we'll do our top fives. But me, th- this is just uh, me. Me and JBM had discussed. Um, so. Well, we discussed several things, but I want to go down this particular line of thought. So, Teddy Roosevelt ran third party in, I believe, what, 1912? Uh, 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 yes. I think it was a sooner than that. 19, I, I think it was 1908. Well, it's it's one of those elections in there. But I guess what, what we were talking about is... Um, 1912. Yes, like can Trump mount a huge third party comeback if he gets ousted, if he gets put on the rails? Why would he? Okay, I'll let JBM go first. I mean, if he did it, I'm not saying this would be entire. Like he would do it thinking he could win, but he would also do it secondary reason to screw everyone in the Republican Party. Because I don't and know I if think you watched, he would effectively do that. <laughs> I don't well, know. Did he already his... do that one time? <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. But if you watched, if you watched his speech today, though, he seemed like real mad <laughs> at everybody, and uh, like I think like he's really upset that the Republicans are basically already giving up on him. So I feel like if he does end up losing, he's going to be super bitter about it toward the Republicans. But maybe I'm to wrong be about fair, that. though. To be fair, is it also at least partially possible that he's super tired? Like he's done. Yeah, he did five rallies a day for like three days straight. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
But I agree with your point. I think he's going to be super bitter. Um, I think he's going to be out for blood. Well, so I think the only kind of person that can do a third party is somebody like Teddy Roosevelt, which is like, you know, somebody who's really, really popular, um, who has a a major influence on people. So So flash forward to now, somebody like Trump, right? Like Trump, like 50% of, or I guess based on the popular vote, uh, 48.5% of Americans like Trump, right? They, They went and willingly voted for Trump. So he's one of the few people that I think could make a third party and actually get people to vote for him. Similar to like, I I, I think it, it takes a certain kind of person, which is why like Ross Perot had so much ground, you know, cause Ross Perot was, was very similar to Trump. He was a, a an extremely uh, good businessman who ran on like, here's my, you know, I'm going to basically turn, America into one of my businesses that I'm going to make successful, but he was also an incredibly likable person. Uh, and so, I mean, like my father told me that if he would have stayed in, he was, he would have voted for Ross Perot. Um, and so, um, I, I think if there was one person ever to just completely ignite a third party, it would be, it would be Donald Trump. What, Wait, what about, do you mean uh, if he stayed in? Well, I mean, Ross Perot dropped out in 92. Yeah, but he stayed in in 96. But stayed in in 96, but that my dad told me he would have voted for him in 92. Yeah. When, when he dropped out. Piano Man, uh, what are your thoughts here? I still don't you said get why that. would he? Yeah, I don't get why he would run third party when he could just run Republican. Like, are the Republicans going to be like, no, you can't run again? Because if he loses, the Republicans will... Like publicly disassociate themselves from him, I think. Really? I yeah, think I, I kind of agree with and that. And I think I that, that they will, and I think because of that, they will feel the entire full throttle force and wrath and spite of Donald Trump. Which is like in the form Mike of Bloomberg just, in the uh, Democratic election. No, it ain't like that. It's like that. It ain't like Come many on. Mike and his I mean, it might, it might be like that at first. Uh, it, like, I bet the media will try to portray it like that if it happens that way. But then they, they will do that until he has like a third of the season. I mean, you could almost, I mean, you literally could almost argue he did it the first time. Like, he just was like, I'm going to run for president. Yeah. I, I, I have like no political back. I mean, just think about this. Like, he just ran on himself the first time. You could argue he could have been a third party in 2016 and won. Because people just yeah. wanted to vote for him. Yeah, I mean, I mean he you like could legitimately make that argument. Republican vote from day one. Remember? Like, he was announced and he was the front runner. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. I think yeah. you guys yeah. are underestimating how many people will be burned out of him four years from now when he runs again. Well, if he runs oh, again. I'm not saying he would win. I'm not saying he would win. Well, I'm saying I don't if even, he's, a, and, he's yeah. one of the only people that could make a third party and actually have ground. Right, and here's another layer to this. I don't even know that he would actually run himself. I could see in 2024, like, Don Jr. runs, and Trump is just kind of the advisor in the corner telling him what to do. Like Trump has never been in the corner, bro. I mean, but Trump's going to be in his well, 80s. When he's 70, he's when gonna, he's 78. He's gonna yeah. Be, yeah, he's going to be really old at that point. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, 
I just think that uh, he he he's, he wants to have the MAGA rallies forever. He doesn't want to step out of the game even if he loses. So I, well, I don't know. To, we'll see what he yeah. does. And, and MAGA party. MAGA party. MAGA party. I, to answer what I think was someone may have been kind of suggesting there, I don't think that he would have a chance of winning the presidency if he did this. But I do think right. he'd have a chance of winning probably anywhere from like 15 to 25 percent of the vote. But you're saying that, yeah. that that you assume that if he loses and wants to run again, the Republican Party would disassociate from him, or he would disassociate from the Republican Party. I think he would. I don't think. I that think would they. Happen. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a I fantasy, mean, but any anything to get a anything to get a viable third party that's not running freaking Joe Jorgensen as their candidate. Okay, so <laughs> let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, piano man, and everyone: If Donald Trump runs as a Republican in twenty twenty four, can he win? No. He can't win as a third I, party or as a Republican. Yeah. So, don't limit okay, Trump. So That's all I'm going to say. I've learned to not say Trump. never. Let's let's paint this picture. Biden Biden is president. We get about a year and a half, two years into this thing, maybe three years into this thing, and the and the economy just tanks because it's due. Like it's supposed to happen. It'll probably happen sooner than that, but it's going to happen. But then Trump can really set his literal thing can be make America great again, again, like they tried to do in the last month. But like that could actually be his thing. You're going to find out how much power Trump gave to the Federal Reserve and how much power the Federal Reserve has over the economy until that breaking point. I don't know when it's going to happen. But once that breaking point happens, it don't matter who runs for president. That's all I got to say. Yeah. You got to tell me how to teach how to invest in Bitcoin. Piano man, I, I need to. Did you have yeah, like in six it. years ago? Off, I understand uh, off the podcast. I know I missed the boat. Anyway, uh, so at the end here, instead of our hot takes, what we're going to do is uh, we 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 we, uh, we talked last time about our top five um, rewatchable movies, and so we're going to discuss hot what we picked takes. this time. So uh, I will. Uh, this is not exactly a hot take in that you can give your list with a brief, brief midnight mark explanation of your choices if you so desire. But you don't have to. All right, let's start. Go ahead. Oh, I'm first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, you seemed really excited about it. So. Well, I just realized halfway through that I thought we were doing this first, but. So I sat down to make a list of my top five rewatchable movies, and I wrote down like 20 movies as I went. Um, and so then I tried to break it down, and I tried to kind of do it just based on movies that I've seen the most, because uh, that's certainly a huge part of rewatchability, right? But also movies that like if I like walk in or it's on, and it's like halfway in or 20 minutes in, that I just kind of end up sitting there and watching it um, because I love them. And so, my movies, I had a really hard trouble, a, a really hard time, like, narrowing down the very last one. But, at Jurassic Park, because I love Jurassic Park. I probably watch Jurassic Park, like, at least three or four times a year. I love that movie. It's probably my favorite movie of all time. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, I think, is Ooh, nice. probably 
one of the universal like most rewatchable movies and it's I, I believe it's the most syndicated movie of all time um yep. as well and i don't think i have to have a whole lot of explanation as to why that one's good i forgot about uh, that movie. <laughs> yeah um rocky four i think is just awesome it's just it might be the best sports movie ever it's phenomenal and it's great and ivan drago's in it and then rocky basically ends the cold war which is just wonderful um tombstone which is i grew up on tone it was like the western that we watched all the time when i was a kid and my mom and my dad love it and i just think there's so many good actors in it and a lot of really awesome lines um, and then the should last you should you should um and then my last one i had a lot of trouble with so so wait before you say know that did can, you go from okay. like one to five i don't think so i don't think i really did i mean okay uh, I, I guess maybe perhaps i did um but uh, the last one i was having trouble between choosing between jaws and the first two alien movies um and obviously they're pretty much all really similar movies but and i'm kind of into that as with Jurassic Park thing. But then I also remembered that I've seen Remember the Titans 7,000 times, and it's also <laughs> awesome. So I don't know what my number five is, but those are the movies that I love. So that's good, good list. I digress. Awesome. Good list. All right, Midnight Mark. All right, so I had a similar uh, Can I just say I don't have, thing. I'll just say first, I don't have any of the same movies. All right. No, that's good because I did double. I did double up on one, uh, so I'll I'll do my honorable mention as well. Um, so I did the same thing. My criteria was um, movies that I've seen the most, um, but I did re- leave off. Remember the Titans because um, I kind of figured that would be on someone's list, so I did leave that one off. Um, and but also just I, I tried to pick different types of movies um, that kind of fit what I love. Um, and that was sort of, these aren't like the definitive five, but these are the five that I think of, like, if you talk about different genres or whatever. So, um, in no real order, I guess. So I'll, I'll say the double first then, (laughs) uh, is the Shawshank Redemption, um, which I, so JBM and I watched this movie, I think 25 times, uh, in our first year of college. Um, we, uh, anytime we would have like uh, a long paper that we'd have to write or study for a test or whatever we just put it on the background and jbm i don't know if you remember but we tried to switch it up and watch the departed instead and we got halfway through and we were like this is dumb and we turned on the shawshank redemption again <laughs> so um so yeah we, we, we watched casino. or was it casino it was one of the two yeah we were like I don't know. But anyways, The Shawshank Redemption is just such a great film. But since that was already said, my honorable mention in replacement of that is Rope um, because it's an 80-minute movie. I think it's the most underrated Hitchcock movie there is. Um, You can pop it in, watch it at any time, and just just be in awe of the fact that he made that movie in 1948 and it just still feels relevant. Um, My next one is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, so it's my favorite comedy. Um, I just, it's so quoted, it's similar to like, remember the Titans in the way that it's incredibly quotable. It's really witty. 
the cast is incredible. Um, you don't really think about it all the time uh, when you think about, you know, comedies or whatever. But when it's on, you just sit and watch it. And like you said, you just can't stop watching it. Um, the that next one I had was totally on my list of other movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my other one is uh, because I am a massive James Bond fan and I had to include it is Casino Royale. Um, I just I think it's the absolute uh, of a series of fun action movies that are culturally uh, relevant throughout the decades. I think that Casino Royale is the best of the James Bond movies. Um, And it's the one that if I'm thinking, man, I want to watch a Bond movie, but which one do I want to watch? I'll falter back to that one every time. Um, And then my next one was The Empire Strikes Back because, again, it's probably the best science fantasy movie there there has ever been um despite the fact that it's a sequel i mean it's just i mean we can argue all day about star wars and how it is but the 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 relevance of that movie to like film is incredible but it's also really really rewatchable in the fact that it's 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 the best paced of all the star wars movies and my last one which is technically my did you just give six nope. movies? Oh, I'm just kidding. Well, this would be my sixth because I said Rope would be in place of Shawshank because oh, okay, of you. yeah. Um, uh, my last one is the movie that I that I personally, when I'm just like not feeling it, but I want to watch a movie, I throw it in. No, you know, at any time, similar to JBM's Jurassic Park, is uh, Ocean's Eleven. O- Ocean's Eleven is that movie for me. I mean, I've probably seen it fifty times. Because when I just want to turn my brain off, but watch a movie that I love, that I think is funny, um, but like I can, I don't know, I, it just it does something to me. But that's Steven Soderbergh's Ocean's Eleven. That's my pick. Nice. Shout out to uh, Soderbergh. Job vibe. Is an Italian job Dude. coming? I feel like someone's gonna say something. Why are you <laughs> in a bag in someone's trunk? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are what? you? Where are you? <laughs> What was that about? I, I yeah, you sound like your head is in a bag. Okay. I still you, sound like that? No, no, no you're, you're good now. Right now so. oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Piano Man, your top five? All right. My top five are not anything like that, but that's all right. There's a theme with mine. So my number five, I think it's the only cartoon that anyone said so far, The Lion King. How can you say no to Elton John? That's all I gotta say. Love it. It's good. All right. A lot of men have fallen prey to that. So. <laughs> My number four. And the only reason I, I say this is because this is the movie I've watched the most ever. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I watch it with Jim Carrey every single Christmas. So. All right. That's my number four. That is an underrated. It's very Christmas disappointing. Movie. Very. I don't care what sad. you think. I love that movie. I will watch Stop it, it every Christmas. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. I, it's yep. fu- It's fine. I just oh, man. You're I the douchebag that care hates what you Inception. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. Number three. I'll, 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 I'll stop the, hating. The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger as the Joker. Amazing. I love it. I can watch that anytime. All right. Number two. Pulp Fiction. Ooh. I can also watch that yeah. at any time. It's so funny. I love it. Yeah. I don't. 
I, I don't. I'm not doing a good job at explaining my my choices here. But nah, you're they good. are what they are. No, you're good. You're good. Many, most of them are self-explanatory. I'm gonna give an honorable mention before I go to my number one. The sound of music. That is the best musical. Piano man pick. The best musical ever made. I've never seen it. What? It's amazing. I love it. But then again, a lot of my choices here have a lot of good music in them, except for maybe like How the Grinch Stole Christmas. But even then, I still like the music. Okay. What about the Um, Dark Knight? Yeah, it's that Hans so Zimmer, man. Of that. One of Hans, Hans Zimmer. Zimmer's best. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. See, so you even questioned me on that, and I still got an answer for you. All right. My final my final pick here, Whiplash. My number one. I've, I've watched that so many times since it's come out. I love that movie to death. And the music in it is incredible. So that's my number one most rewatchable Whiplash. movie. Whiplash. Yep. So I, I, I go back to there's a few movies that I don't understand. Like every time I watch them, I'm like, how did Whiplash? Oh, that's it's that's that's oh, that's so terrible. Like you, you the Whiplash. It. Good. Yeah. So there's there's two movies that I can think of that every time I watch them, they get better. Tink. And every time they're done, I'm like, why did this movie lose Best Picture? And those two movies in particular are There Will Be Blood and Whiplash. I just don't understand. They they literally get better and move up my list of like my favorite movies every time I watch them. Both and of those films yeah. are just that's phenomenal. why I can keep watching that and Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction to me gets better every time I watch it too. That's why Actually, those so, two are my top two most rewatchable because they always get better. Yeah, and. I mean, Pulp Fiction is in my top five all-time movies, but I actually think the most rewatchable Tarantino movie is Django Unchained. But that's me. Okay. I've expressed my favor <laughs> toward J- Jackie Brown as Tarantino's movies. Oh, but get I out of here. You're, dude, I know, you, I know. I'm Paul, can I, can I just, uh, let me just guess. Your list is like eight and a half, uh, no, Seven Seal. No! Oh, get out of here with that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. My top five rewatchable movies are, um, and I I just kind of tried to hit all all of my major tastes, I guess. Um, Although when you mentioned There Will Be Blood, I thought that could have gone on my list, but it didn't. My top five is, in no particular order, The Shining, which I watch most of the time around Halloween time. No Country for Old Men, which is my favorite of the Coen brothers, and I do love the Coen brothers probably more than any other director. Um, uh, Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood, my favorite Western. I will always watch when it's on TV. Uh, Die Hard, favorite like popcorn movie, uh, action movie. It's on TV all the time. And then like my favorite dumb comedy to watch is uh, Super Bad because I like how it captures like uh want being in high school but wanting to not be in high school but your friends are also like Super nerdy perverts bad. that is definitely yeah. a rewatchable movie that's yeah awesome. that's the truth. so that that's my top five right there that's good good list i never would have thought of super bad but i love that you said it yeah that i watched I'll, it like probably so absolutely. i watched I, it my, again like last christmas it's so funny it's very so, funny. It holds up. I don't know if JBM remembers, but like <laughs> I had never seen it and he had it and he's like, you need to watch this movie. And he's like, I'm going to go study and you go watch this movie. And he came back and I was like, 
I had the movie paused because I was crying so hard from laughing. And I was like, how did I not see this movie before? <laughs> like, the first, the first hour four- of that movie. Yeah. The, like, the, the first hour, the first hour of Superbad might be the funniest movie I've ever seen. Like the, yeah. the funniest hour of any movie I have ever seen in my life. The first yeah. hour of Superbad and the first hour of Step Brothers are hilarious. Like, but they're both Step movies Brothers. that like have a hard time like wrapping up because they try to like be kind of serious on like the yeah. end. Like, yeah. but they're great. They're great. That's Dude, but pick. like the thing about Superbad is there's all these funny parts in it that when you watch it again, like, like when they're when they're in the convenience store and he like gives him the Red Bull, he goes, "Yo, can you buy this for me?" Like, I just I, the little things <laughs> like that are just so funny. <laughs> Because it's so true. Like, you always had that friend in high school that would do that. Like, yo, can you buy this for me? (laughs) Yeah, I actually didn't put any comedies on my list because, I don't know, like, I love watching comedies, but it's hard for me to rewatch comedies. But one that I've watched more than any other is Anchorman. I don't know how y'all feel about that. Yeah, Anchorman Anchorman is there. Yeah, Yeah, Anchorman was, like, one of the first movies that I watched that I I also cried laughing at. And it holds up. Yeah. So, I, I have the rest of my little list here. That I, I can read. Go for it. If y'all, all right. If y'all want to give hear. a yay or a nay, yeah, I'll give yes, a yay or a nay. No yeah, let's do that. commentary. This will yeah, substitute right. for hot takes. Yeah, let's go. Okay, Gladiator. Yay. Nay. I'm in between. Save I've seen Private it. Ryan. Yay. Nay. <laughs> I'm in between again. Shoot. The Patriot. Nay. Yay. Nay. I give that That's, a yay. Maybe I like no on the Patriot. Okay, how about Die Hard? Yay. I mean, yay. I picked yay. it. Yeah. I've never seen it, so I can't say. Uh, Dude, Departed. watch Die Hard. How yeah. have you never seen Die Hard? Go watch know, Die Hard now. Not, it's almost Christmas time. It's perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, watch all three about, of them. What about The Departed? Yay. Yeah. Yeah. What about Groundhog Day? Yay. Yay. Du- double, double, yay. double yay. Double yay. That yeah, that that's a great great choice. Yeah. For Excellent rewatch. Very very rewatchable. Yes. Yeah, it's meant to be rewatched. You you could you could li- watching it as you're watching it. You could argue that it's a shame that it wasn't on all of our uh, wasn't right. on one how of our lists. How is that not yeah. all of our number 1 picks actually? <laughs> the greatest statement ever made you're re-watching it as you're watching it <laughs> you really are it's so good Have, oh, do y'all ever by the way this made me think of do y'all ever listen to bill simmons podcast the rewatchables nope. no so he has a podcast called the rewatchables where him and like a few of his buddies they literally just talk about movies that you can watch over and over and over again and then they like go through them and they have like what age the best what age the worst um and just stuff like that and it's it's really really good like they go through like people's like hierarchy of movies as they make it like whatever happened to this person but they did they did an episode about groundhog day that was that was pretty good it's fun stuff solid you got any other mentions jbm uh that is all i have for the moment i I mean i thought of you know i thought of casino and i thought of goodfellas too but they're so long that i don't know if they quite go in the rewatchable category but they're still Still I'm pretty sure Goodfellas is shorter than Shawshank, but yeah, this is a side question and not related to the top five. But did any of you? I know JVM didn't. Did either of you guys watch uh, The Irishman? I did. Yes. I did not I like it. Make it. 
Oh, I actually so kind of, I, I actually, I actually kind of totally dig the Irishman, but yeah. So I, I also, I also disagree with Piano Man. I thought it was very, very good, like unexpectedly good. Yes, I think, I think that the, that some of the effects um, in the Irishman were not great. But I think that like if you view the Irishman as like sort of the completion of a trilogy with Goodfellas and Casino, it's pretty perfect. Um, well, I haven't seen yeah. Goodfellas or Casino, so I mean, okay. Oh my well, yeah, yeah, you need to. Well, the, so watch. my yeah, so that was my thing about the Irishman is that I actually went into it thinking, oh no, this is just going to be like Fellas Casino Part Three. It's going to be like, but I actually really loved the narrative style of it. Like yeah. the way that they would jump forward in time from the converse, like they'd sit down to have a conversation and in the conversation, they would like jump forward in time. Uh, and it kind of told this, like, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the, the same as Goodfellas and Casino where it was, uh, where it was a, a narration the entire time. Yeah. It was literally like kind of a point of view movie, yeah. which I, I just was didn't, that, that, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see that coming, so I I thought it was, and I and I just thought that De Niro and Pacino both like knocked it out of the park. Like I think they just those guys still are good actors despite the fact that they're kind of in crappy movies these to days. Me, to me, just yeah. like, a lot of it felt unnecessary. So no, I I, I, I will say it definitely was like at like an hour too long, <laughs> like like significantly like too it, long. And I but, couldn't do yeah. it. Oh yeah. Well, I but liked I mean, it. I mean, Scorsese, it was too long, but I liked it. But Scorsese's for famous record, for never, Shawshank is never not cutting as long as Goodfellas. Oh, it, is it's it only not? by six okay. minutes. It's only by six oh, okay. minutes. But Casino specifically well, is extremely long. Yeah, even Casino though is super long. controversial opinion, Casino might be better than Goodfellas. No. Um. Well, I've been your host, Preacher Paul. We've been talking with JBM, Piano Man, and Midnight Mark, and this has been The Magic in the Attic. The Magic in the Attic is back at it again. You're just chilling to the rhythm, and then the comes in. Sit right back and just have a good time. Listen to the music and let your feelings fly. Grab one of your friends and just sing and dance. Sing and dance till the night ends in sweet romance. Cause all that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time Stop now, we're doing this all night long Cause I just want to laugh it all away Cause I get this feeling that it is going to stay
Cause all that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time So come play, soak up the sun and think about the things of the day. Thinking about you, all that I can, running in circles around and around in my head. All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time. All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time. All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time. All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time.